This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. We can see that it happened in Paul's day and it's still happening here with us today. Christians, especially Christians who are grounded in the truth of God's word, who do not study their Bible are easily deceived. You need to know, study so that self-approved. And so that is why the Bible is written with so many warnings to us who believe in Christ. Jesus warned us, the Old Testament prophets warned us, the apostles throughout the New Testament warned us of these things to not be deceived. If you're not well versed in your job, customers or clients can easily take advantage of you. The same can be said of Christians who don't study the Word of God. Today, Pastor Eddie warns us against taking people at their word. Whether it's from ignorance or manipulation, People will take advantage of you not knowing what you should know. Avoid being exploited by getting into the Bible. Study it. Know it. So that when necessary, you can stand up for it. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Great Apostasy. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to read and study from verses 1 through 12. This passage we're about to read, it was not only for the Thessalonian church almost 2,000 years ago, but it applies to you and me. It applies to the church today. Why? The church is still here. The rapture has not taken place. And although this world has gone mad, crazy, and evil all at the same time, we are not going through the great tribulation. Jesus said there will never be a day like this, nor ever was it has been, nor after that. So the tribulation is going to be great, but we're not going to be here for that. And so let us now look at our text verse by verse. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul writes, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gathering together to him. Notice Paul wrote here, if you want to underline this in your Bible, underline the word to. We're gathered to him, not with him. We're gathered to him. That is speaking of the rapture. He's going to descend from the heaven. Paul tells us in his last letter to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, Paul writes this, For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, that's the word harparzo, that's the word in the Latin raptus, caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So understand that the rapture, at that point, understand that you will always be with the Lord. Regardless of what your view is in end times, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or whatever, pan-trib, you will always be with the Lord after the rapture. You're not going through the great tribulation, and we're going to see that as we study through. Question. 
Will Jesus descend from heaven and rapture the church? When? When we come for the church, we don't know. We don't know. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So, we need to understand that because you can do your calculations. You can look at the Jewish calendar, the Jewish holiday, the Jewish feast, the blood moons, red moon, blue moon. It doesn't really matter. No one knows the day nor the hour. However, there is one thing that quite often we forget but is in Scripture that must take place before the rapture, and that is the fulfillment of the Gentiles. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 11, verse 25. He says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness is in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. Jesus also spoke of this, and he said, And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles unto the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. What does it mean, the fulfillment of the Gentile? Unto that very last Gentile, except Jesus Christ and his Lord and person is Savior, then Israel will be saved as well. So, can I tell you, instead of us calculating the days or the hours, I think it's more important that we ought to share the gospel because we are looking for that last Gentile to get saved. Right? And if we concentrate on that, then we don't have to worry about, you know, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Yes, we want him to come. Well, let's share the gospel because maybe, just maybe, you may be the one to witness to that last Gentile. And they come to the saving knowledge. I'm pretty sure that last Gentile is going to get an earful when he gets to heaven. You're holding us up. You're holding us up. Anyway. Verse 1, Paul says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gathering together to him, we ask you, verse 2, not to be shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. The word shaken here in the Greek, it means to be disturbed, to be disturbed. And the Thessalonian believers, they were disturbed and they were shaken to the core because of this rumor. This rumor had come and they had missed the rapture and now they're going through the great tribulation. That is why they're suffering. And so the rumor came by a threefold cord deception. Number one, it came by spirit. Number two, by word and by letter. And you know throughout church history, throughout church history, Christians have been misled and deceived in doctrines and also concerning eschatology and times. And we can see that it happened in Paul's day and it's still happening here with us today. Christians, especially Christians who are grounded in the truth of God's word, who do not study their Bible are easily deceived. You need to know, study and show that self-approved. And so that is why the Bible is written with so many warnings to us who believe in Christ. Jesus warned us. The Old Testament prophets warned us. The apostles throughout the New Testament warned us of these things to not be deceived. And so this rumor came by way of, number one, by spirit. It came by spirit. It's some kind of revelation. It came by some kind of revelation by someone. And this is why we need to be careful 
We need to be careful, and of course, the only way you can be careful is knowing the Word of God. We need to be careful because there are people, even TV evangelists and false prophets, that will say that they have a special revelation. And you have no idea how much YouTube and all these false teachers are around the world, even to this day, are speaking things that are not in the Scripture. As a matter of fact, against God. They will say, God told me, and the Lord showed me. It's not in the Word. As soon as they say that, they say, you throw out whatever they say. I'm so grateful for the Word. And this is why we need to study the Word, so we can know whether or not what we've heard is of the Lord. First uh, John chapter 4, verse 1, Paul writes this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets had gone out into the world. If John wrote this in his day, how much more our day as we draw near and near to the return of Christ, draw near to the rapture. Now, just so you can understand that term, last days, people quite often refer it to the time they're living in. The last days began, it began 2,000 years ago at the day of Pentecost. As a matter of fact, Peter quoted from Joel. He said, in the last day I will pour my spirit among all flesh. So it may be 1,000, 2,000 years for you, but a day to God is like 1,000 years, meaning he's not subject to time. So the last days began at the day of Pentecost, the birth of our church, and we're still living in the last days, but we're getting closer and closer to his return. Every day that passes by, we're getting closer and closer to his return. So it came by spirit. Secondly, it came by word. There were rumors that the apostle Paul said, yeah, no, we're going through the tribulation. Yeah, we missed the rapture. I guess we weren't holy enough. We weren't righteous enough. The reality is you never will be. I've seen throughout my life as a Christian, I've heard people with testimonies that they died and they had this after-death experience and they went to heaven and all of creation in heaven and the new heaven and the earth said, you know, Christ is coming, but the church is not ready. We have a problem because the church will never be ready. As a whole, we never will. We need to be ready in a sense with expectation to expect Christ's coming. Spiritually, you know, we blow it. We're not perfect. John said if we, if we say we don't sin, we call God a liar. We're never going to be perfect. Are you perfect? No. Name one perfect person. Name a perfect church. And if you find a f- perfect church, don't go there because you're going to mess it up. <laughs> no one is perfect. You know, again, we need to check the Bible, if somebody says something, even somebody quotes me or quotes another well-respected teacher or scholar or someone, don't believe every word that I say. You yourself need to study the word. You yourself need, that's why we open it up. That's why you take notes, and I'm, I'm grateful to see those that do take notes. And you test that what we're studying here is true. It's biblically true. We need to study. Don't believe everything you say. There's a proverb that says in Proverbs 14, 15 says, only simpletons believe everything they are told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. You've heard it. Don't believe every word you say, right? We were told that as children. Now we pass that on to our children. Don't believe every word you say. Exactly. Especially when it deals with your life and your faith in Jesus Christ. Test everything. Back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, Paul said this, but test everything that is said He already said this to the Thessalonians. Hold on to what is good. 
So it came by spirit, it came by word, and apparently it came by a forged letter. It came by letter, as if Paul wrote it. How many times we probably get a book? Oh, this is the best-selling author. Uh, He's in Barnes & Noble, Amazon, whatever. Let me not advertise these companies. But what I'm saying is, all these famous books, oh, this is what they said. Test what they said. Look it up in Scripture. I don't care how respected the teacher could be. I don't care what kind of scholar they are. I don't care if everybody, no, you test everything that everyone says. And they were saying that Paul wrote this. And so they're saying that, hey, you know, Paul said that you're going through the tribulation. You missed the rapture. That's not true. Now, let's look at this for a minute because the believers, the Thessalonian believers, they were in trouble because of the persecution, which is, I find it amazing that Paul never mentioned. He just encouraged them. They weren't shaken in mind. They weren't troubled. They weren't disturbed uh, so much that they were going through persecution. They would be killed. They were being persecuted, abandoned by their family. They weren't troubled because of persecution. Because, as a matter of fact, they realized that they were willing to die for Christ. They knew that as they were being persecuted, they were growing in their faith, number one, and they were growing in number. They saw the fruit of it. Plus, they knew that they would suffer persecution. Paul himself told them personally. Back in his first letter in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4, Paul said, For, in fact, we told you before when we were with you, that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And you know, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the reason why we suffer, he himself said that we will. He promised that we will suffer. In John chapter 15, verse 20, Jesus says, remember, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, which they did, they put them on the cross, they will also persecute you. We don't understand persecution in the West here. We don't understand persecution in America. But I believe it's going to get worse. Where many of you will be challenged by your faith to see whether or not you, your faith is strong and genuine for Jesus Christ. We're all going to be challenged. Our nation is changing. The world is changing little by little. And if you want to be a follower of Christ, Christ was the first. Christ was the first. There hasn't been a Christian martyr before Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, and every martyr after that started with Stephen and almost literally millions of Christians. Read Fox's books of martyrs. We have been persecuted and killed. We don't know what that's like in America. But if you desire to live for Jesus, to truly live for Christ in this world, this is what Paul uh, wrote to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. He says, yes, and all who desire, here it is, to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus promised it. Paul tells it throughout his, his epistles. We will suffer. And so the Thessalonians were not shaken in mind because of persecution, which I find amazing. They were shaken in mind because they thought they had missed the rapture and they were going through the great tribulation. By the way, for you end time study buffs or eschatological study, uh, scholars, this proves the fact that the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul and the believers in Thessalonica had a pre-tribulation view. 
Because if they believed that they were going through the great tribulation, if there was a mid-trib, they said, okay, the least we could wait is three and a half years in the middle of the great tribulation, so we're okay. That's good. Let's, let's keep on. Or seven years the most, which those who have the post-tribulation view, we see it's a pre-tribulation view. Scriptures from Genesis all the way down proves that. Now, verse 3 here, Paul is going to clear up the confusion, correct the rumor and the false teaching. So he says in verse 3, he said, let no one deceive you by any means. For that day, speaking of the great tribulation, the day of the Lord, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. That's number one. So he's letting us know, listen, that's for you and I. The great tribulation will not happen unless, number one, the falling away. Number two, at the end of verse three, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. That is the Antichrist. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him. And so two major events would take place after the rapture. Or before the rapture, it would be the, the rapture falling away, and then you have the Antichrist. So the falling away, number one, the man of sin is revealed, number two. Let's look at these two events closely because these two major events must happen. And I tell you, this is why it's applicable for us today. It has not happened yet. Okay? Number one. The first major event will take place before the Great Tribulation is the falling away. The falling away. Now, the Greek word for falling away is two words. Falling away, that's in the Greek, is the Greek word apostasia. Apostasia. And in some of your Greek lexicons, it will say revolt, rebellion, some others' interpretations. Some of them, were very few, would say depart. Depart. And the word apostasia is only mentioned twice in the entire New Testament. Twice. In the book of Acts, and then you have it here. In the Latin Vulgate, the Latin Vulgate, the word apostasia is translated in the Latin is discessio, which is depart. Depart. Now, this is important. This is where we have to park a little bit here. This is what caused me to spend almost two or three days. <laughs> because there are two views about the falling away, two views. Is this speaking of a spiritual departure? That's the first view. A spiritual departure, the falling away of the faith. Or is it a physical departure? Is it speaking of the rapture? So a spiritual departure, falling away of the faith? Or is it a physical departure, the rapture? I'll give you the first view. And here's where a lot of scholars and commentators, good scholars and good commentators are divided in this. And when I see that commentators and scholars are divided into it, that's why it takes me three days just to study one verse, okay? And so the first view is that it is a spiritual departure, a spiritual departure. So before the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, there is a falling away of the faith. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 tells us this. It says, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Second Timothy chapter 4 verses 3 and 4, he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desire, because they have itching ears, they will heap up from themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, that is the truth, that's the definite article, it's talking about Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, okay? 
and be turned aside to fables. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, 24, he said, for false Christs and false prophets would rise and show great signs and wonder to deceive, even possible, even the elect. So is there a departing of the way? Yes. There's been departing way since the book of Acts, and more so now. Paul, when he said, again, I'm going to quote again from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4, he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine and turn their ears away from the truth, the gospel. How can one be truly saved or saved and continue to walk in faith without the truth? Jesus Christ is the truth. You need good sound doctrine, and you need to follow the gospel. Jesus said, even if possible, even the elect would be deceived. So Christians have drifted away. They have fallen away from the faith since the early church. Now, that's view number one. View number two, and I'm going to tell you right up ahead, (laughs) right up front. This is the view that I take on this. But you need to make your own judgment on this matter, okay? The thing is, you're going to be raptured, right? Just (laughs) continuing your faith will be raptured. But this is where I believe, and I'm going to give you four reasons why I believe that this is not a departure of the faith. This is a departure of the church, the rapture of the church, because it needs to take place before the Antichrist. Am I right? We're not going to be here when the Antichrist is going to be here, right? So notice the definite article in the, the verse there. The, in front of the noun apostasy, the apostasy. It's not a apostasy. Definite article in the Greek. Then you also have the definite article in front of the man of sin, the Antichrist. And Paul puts that the, that definite article before apostasia, the the before the Antichrist, because it's it's something that has to deal with a specific time-bound quality. It's the same with the rapture and the Antichrist. So again, it is not a departure, but is the departure. So when it's going to happen, it's going to happen big. It's going to be the departure. Second reason why I believe is the physical rapture is because of context. For those of you who've been in real estate, right? The three rules in real estate, location, location, location. The three rules in Bible study and inductive, you know, Bible study interpretation is context, content, context. And so we see that in Paul's letter. Now, if you take the extended context, not only in the letter, but the extended, go back to 1 Thessalonians. That's the extended context. And we know that. We study 1 Thessalonians. We even found it talks about the end time. That's all it does. And we also found that at the end of every chapter, five chapters in 1 Thessalonians, at the end of every chapter is a reference to end times. So it's context and extended context and is dealing with the rapture, the day of the Lord, okay? That's the second view. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at the things mentioned in the book of 2 Thessalonians. It would seem like the world around you is always talking about the end times, probably because so much of it is uncertain or unknown as far as the timing. But this book does touch on the end times, but more so the end goal, that Jesus will come back for His people who have chosen Him as their Savior. So focus on the most important part of the message, which is that Jesus is coming back someday. It's a hope that you can hold on to, when the rest of the world is getting caught up in all the noise. 
We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. On our website, you can also learn how you can support us in this ministry. We appreciate any and all contributions. Find out more at runningtheraceradio.com by clicking the Back to Homepage button. We're so glad you tuned in today. And we look forward to you joining us for our next edition of Running the Race.